Motivation, our vision is to create a place where transformation is a positive personal and social experience brought to life through movement and community. Through connectivism, we can share knowledge and make system level changes. Thank you for connecting and joining us today. We will be wrapping up this episode with questions from our group. Stay tuned. The Motivation Station. Welcome to the Motivation Station, where we take a deep dive into what it's like living with the condition of Parkinson's disease. We'll get down and dirty with our guests, give you an insight into what their life is actually like. We share the same headspace. Yeah, we do. So, Gavin, just so you know, this is the Motivation Station Down and Dirty podcast. So you may hear a joke or two that's along those lines. Just to get us started, um, we've got Gavin Mogan here and Jim Kroger. Jim, am I saying your last name right? I've said it that way since I've known you, but you've never corrected me because you're such a nice guy. Yeah, well, now no, no, I'm correcting you. Thank you. Go uh, ahead. Otherwise, I think you, you, you owe, I owe you money. Whenever <laughs> anybody right. asks Jim Kroger, he's not here. <laughs> so let's uh, let's get it right. How do we say o- your name? Krager. O-E makes an A sound. It's a good German name, like Schrader, Koenig, Gehring. O-E always makes an A sound. And my apologies, and this kind of speaks to the type of guy that we've got here. Jim is, uh, is from... Chicago, and we've got Gavin from Texas, and they're kind of two peas in a pod, and I don't think they know each other. But over the course of this hour, you guys are going to discover that you have a lot in common. And I think that our listeners are probably going to be able to glean uh, a lot of lessons to take forward into their life after this hour that we spend with the two of you. So I kind of want to back myself off a little bit this time and give the reins to our two awesome co-hosts. We've got Ned Newhouse and Kim Rotundo. Last episode with Heather, they both did an awesome job. We had really great feedback. And thank you to our listeners for uh, subscribing and following and passing the word along about the Motivation Station. And so you guys know the listeners, we have a town hall setting here that's made up of our train to train folks from the Motivation Foundation. If you want to learn a little bit more about that, you can go to motivationfoundation.org. If you are a person with Parkinson's or any other type of movement disorder and you'd like to have a consultation from Darby, just go there and get a hold of us and you can join our group. You can be in this setting if you'd feel like it. So let's get ourselves started here and uh, I'm going to turn it over to Kim. Kim, we've got Jim, we've got Gavin, you've got questions. Let's get started. All right. Thanks, Nate. Jim and Gavin, thanks for being here. I'd love to start by just getting to know both of you a little bit. So outside of Parkinson's, your life before that, your life during that, tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are. Jim, why don't you start? Okay, my name's Jim Krager. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2013 and born and raised Madison, Wisconsin. Moved to Houston, Texas, my first job out of school. So I'm kind of interested to see where Gavin's from. Well, Texas is a pretty big state. Uh, moved to Chicago in 1988. Worked as a pension actuary for a consulting firm and had an affinity for weightlifting. So ended up opening a small neighborhood gym in 1991. Did that on the side. Went to business school. Tried to figure out what my long-term career was. Didn't want to be a pension actuary the rest of my life. So uh, ended up being a small business owner who owns three clubs on the north side of Chicago and some commercial real estate. 
that I just settled a big lawsuit that was dragged on for five years. Congratulations on that, Jim. Thank you. It's a big load off my mind. I uh, just recently had DVS surgery. Thank you to my friend Ned for kind of blazing the trail on that. And other things, some of the more difficult things in my life, other than my litigation, I lost my wife to cancer in 2019. And I've had various personal ups and downs, but I've persevered and I've got to know everybody here. I'm optimistic about the future and how we can impact and improve the quality of life for people with Parkinson's. So no questions off limits. I'm an open book and I'll toss it Gavin's way to learn a little bit more about him. I forgot to bring a tennis ball here and with me. I usually like to have a ball bouncing. So I'll, I'll catch your imaginary ball and pick up the conversation. Uh, I thought having Russ and Nate here were, um, uh, I had like having two of my best friends, but I got a new best friend. I can't believe how much we have in common. Like Nathan said, it's, yeah, a lot of parallels. I grew up in Texas. I'm from Lubbock, West Texas, and uh, now I live in Dallas. Let's see, I was diagnosed in 2008, got DBS in 2018, 2017, 2018, became a personal trainer for people with Parkinson's in 2018. I have two kids, my wife, Amy. We found out um, last year, um, found out she had a, a brain tumor, geoblastoma, if you're familiar with that. So uh, we have that in common. Pretty aggressive brain tumor, but she's fighting like crazy. So since that time, you know, I'm mostly home with her. And I tell people, like, who'd have thought, you know, I thought that my battle was, like, just keeping myself going, trying to help support the family every which way I can. And who'd have thought that, you know, 14 years of Parkinson's would prepare me for the, the next biggest thing in my life. You know, you, you kind of think at that point, you're just, okay, just tread waters, keep your head afloat. But that was time for me to, to take on the most important job of my life. So that's what I'm doing now. It is it is challenging, and so doing the best we can, but uh, it's no bigger, no greater challenge than what a lot everyone's dealing with. I'm fortunate, and it's actually helped our relationship, brought our family closer together, and with that, you know, you can pretty much take take on just about anything and um, accept the challenge, so it's 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 hard, but it's labor of love. Thanks for sharing that, uh, both both Jim and Gavin. Uh, there's certainly a lot going on. It makes me think about the fact that even though all of us have Parkinson's and when we were diagnosed and, and certainly dealing with it since the diagnosis has been shocking, difficult. All of us have gone through uh, different phases of, of how we deal with that, but it also doesn't make us immune from other things happening in our life. And sometimes Parkinson's really takes a back seat. And some of the things that we learn from dealing with Parkinson's can actually help us get through some of the other challenges that we're dealing with. Have either of you found that? I've met a new friend relatively about six, seven months ago. His name is Howard, who participates in some of Darby's brain blast sessions. And I think I've got a new superpower. I can make people cry, especially myself. You know, Parkinson's gets you to slow down. One thing I say about Parkinson's is that you never fully appreciate something until it's taken away from you. And each of us, I think on this call, has dealt with all the challenges that Parkinson's brings us. And and when I lost my wife and didn't have her anymore, that was just another sort of big challenge that 
I don't know. I'm stumbling on my word, which I do sometimes with Parkinson's, but, uh, and we're going to include that. We're, we're going to, we're going to include all of your stumbles. We're going to let people understand what type of difficulties we actually deal with. I think a lot of other shows would probably cut you off there, Jim, and edit you out. But when I go to edit this folks, I'm going to leave a lot of this in. I'm going to leave Jim stutters. I'm going to leave these points where he gets lost because I want you guys to understand people who are listening that this is a part of the disease too. And we're not just your average folks here bringing you a, a podcast. Every single person that you see here with the exception of Darby, although she may have it too. I see her shake every once in a while has Parkinson's. This is real. This is down and dirty. This is what it's actually like. The motivation station. Motivation would like to thank PMD Alliance for their support and distribution of our podcast. Visit pmdalliance.org to learn more about our supporter. Thank you for tuning in. Now, back to the show. You know, we're, we're diving really deep into this discussion really early, and we've got a whole hour to talk to you guys. So I want to back it off a little bit, and I want to take us back to a happier time in both of your lives and, and make our make our uh, listeners smile just a little bit, and then we'll go on to some more of this discussion, okay? So, Jim, give you a second to get your mind back on track. I'm going to throw it over to Gavin. I see that you have a baseball bat in your hand, uh, something special. Uh, no. Most most of our guests don't bring props, and I don't think you're that aggressive of a guy. So why are you holding the bat? Yeah, uh, for, I have a baseball bat cane. Um, I'll carry that around with me a lot. And for going through TSA, they take that as an aggressive stance. They'll they'll confiscate that and not give it back. To which my wife took that into her own hands and said, "That's BS. I'm getting that bat back." It cost a lot of money, so she got it back from TSA. Anyway, what I I don't know, just something to have tinker with while I talk. And I'm always I'm I like a movement. I'm always moving. I don't know what I'm. Doing. I have no clue what I'm doing. And I leave all my stutters and getting lost in here too, because that's that's who I am. I tried to set this thing up on my laptop. It wasn't working, so I resorted back to my phone. I'm not charged up enough, as, as is always the case. So I'm plugged in a weird place. I'm sitting in a weird way. I'm in this home gym I created. Uh, my son and I created a few months ago. It used to be a dining room, but we used it once a year. So Amy finally agreed with us and said, let's make something useful out of it. So we get a little more use out of it now, set up. And I'm so proud of my son. He's, he's taken up working out. It's working out, worked out every day for the past four months. It's completely changed his life. And um and that's what exercise will do for you. You know, Parkinson's has changed my life. No, no question about it. But not, not necessarily in bad ways. And I had a lot of bad days. As I sit here today, you know, Nathan said, "Take us back to happier times." I can honestly say, this is my happy time. And even though I'm going through a lot, it doesn't mean I'm not happy right now. I'm happy with my with my family. I'm happy with today. You know, Amy does just an exceptional job of, of having a good attitude and not letting anything get to her and we're just so happy with what we have and appreciate what the things we have today you know she's she's through a lot already but um we're in a good place right now and we're just so grateful that she's out of the hospital she's still coherent and cognitive and maybe she gets even better that's that's the hope certainly not giving into this thing we know the 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 facts but uh you know you just we believe she can be in uh, an anomaly or so she can she can be in the, the the best percentage of outcomes. That's for sure, and that's what we're shooting for. That's what we're battling for. And um, you know, we have we have so much to to go on and live for, and just so much to be happy about. I'm I'm happy with 
all the things, you know, I've learned from Parkinson's, you know, and I think you asked, it's like, what has it taught you? It's, you know, it's, it's hard to parse out what I would have learned anyway and what I learned from it. But, uh, you know, what I've learned from it is, is endless. Oh, it's almost infinite and it's daily. It's ongoing. And every day I suffer or every day I struggle, I shouldn't say suffer, every day I struggle, I learn something new about getting out of that struggle or dealing with the struggle. And it's constant and, and I'm blessed enough to, to have lots of good times, mostly, mostly good times, pain-free times, Parkinson-free times. So I'm just incredibly blessed. So as, as this conversation goes on, we've got uh, all these folks within our town hall setting that are posting questions within our chat. And Mike Qualia is uh, reading my mind here. And I want to throw it back to Jim, actually, to answer this question first. Jim, how do you take that mentality that Gavin is talking about, that positivity, through difficult times and how do you spread it out and make it last especially when you know the the inevitable happens and a loved one actually does pass and then you have to maintain the positivity through that and how does maintaining that positivity affect your symptomology with parkinson's sometimes it gets tough but there's there's always something to be positive of and you can no nobody likes a negative person nobody wants to be around a negative person and what I've learned the last number of years is there's so many things in life that you can't control and you need to focus on the things you can control. And I sent a clip out the other day and, and Russ gave an awesome response about really the only, you know, happiness is the currency of humankind. And it's really the only thing that matters, whether you're happy and the people around you are happy. So focus on that. I was blessed with so many things that I didn't know, that I didn't appreciate. I was born a white male. I never missed a meal. My parents are still together after this day. They're in great health. They're celebrating their, I think, 63rd anniversary this year being married. I just wow. was up Congratulations there. to them. I'm sure they'll um, be listening, so congratulations. And I've got three sisters that support me. I mean, yeah, I've gone through some tough times, but... There's always there's always a silver lining and there's always a positive spin that I mentioned my friend Howard a little bit ago and he's into something called Kabbalah, which is an ancient Eastern religion. It's very spiritual. Essentially it's about reincarnation. You're giving a bunch of predetermined tests in your life and whether you progress to the next level of spirituality really all depends upon whether you pass these tests. And when you're being tested like Gavin and I are when you're going through adversity, those are the times you're being tested and how you handle that will determine what your what your existence is, hopefully in, in, in the life after this one. I'm losing myself again, so maybe we'll throw it back to Gavin. I can collect my thoughts. But you know, I'm gonna lose my ability to drive someday. I lose my ability to dress, to eat, you know, all these little fine things that I never really appreciated. I I was I had a great talk with Kim earlier this week. And, you know, I kind of approached life. Somebody told me once, life is like a bank account. You got to make some deposits before you can make some withdrawals. You just can't start sucking money out from the get-go. And I was always a pretty good saver. And I look at myself having Parkinson's at a relatively young age. That's my time to save. It's my time to build up. That's my time to, you know, accumulate all this goodwill that will hopefully carry me through the latter years of my life when when I am struggling a little bit more and I am limited. 
Anybody that knows me knows that my greatest passion in life is to build a wellness center for people with Parkinson's. And I can elaborate more on that later if people are interested, but I don't want to dominate the conversation too much. So that's all right. No, you, everything that you're saying is definitely stuff that, that I think our listeners want to hear. Ned uh, probably couldn't imagine giving up driving, right, Ned? Oh, yeah, no. it's something I've thought a lot about. And yeah. it, when it happens, it, it, it will happen. But uh, I try not to dwell on it. Uh, hey, Kim, what's up? Jim, yes, we had a great conversation in that uh, quote that you that you just stated about life being where you give where you make withdrawals and deposits really stuck with me. And I think it's not just life, it's relationships. And sometimes you don't even know when you're making a deposit. But if you're out there doing what you can, doing the right things, spreading good messages, that goes a long way. And I know you do that. I see you do that with this group and much wider than that. So thank you for that. I also, though, want to go to Gavin and let you know that you have done that for me. We've never met, but you're one of the first people that I actually found when I went searching for someone that I could relate to after my diagnosis, someone who looked kind of like me, had a lifestyle kind of like me. I'm sitting here with my pickleball in my hand. I was a tennis player. I still try to play that a little bit, but I play a lot of pickleball now, and this is this is my prop that... When and, my brain freezes, I you know Kim, I, I toss it in my hand and Kim has much up. better hair too, Gavin. Her <laughs> hair is much better than yours. <laughs> that's that's just the very start of it. I'm sure. Keep on going down the body, and you'll. I'm still beating. Oh jeez. <laughs> 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 Well, Sorry, I, I saw you shooting basketballs. I saw you hitting the baseball and the movement that that created for you, and it was inspiring. And I just want to thank you for that. Thank you for saying that. It's It's been my lifeblood. Those two things have been huge and, and all those things like if it wasn't those things, I think I'd have found something else. But, you know, all the things Jim was saying, I could just sit here and nod and echo because he, I think most of us on this call are going to see things almost entirely the same way. So I'll just give maybe a few examples to highlight some things that we're talking about because um, what, what you guys are saying, it's a theme and it's, you know, I think we're all, we're all in, enjoying life no matter what's thrown at it. I, I want to give two examples just because they come to the top of my mind. Yesterday, relayed this to, to Mike Quaglia. Hopefully I got that last name right. I relayed this yesterday after it happened. Yesterday, I had to take my daughter to some standardized tests. And uh, it was early in the morning. And I get there, lines, you're dealing with lines and forms and multitasking. And mornings can be a crapshoot for me. And so it was tough. It was tough getting through that. I was slow. I'm sure people were wondering why, what's going on with this guy. But I, I got her through. I got her in there, got her to her test. Loaded, un, um, you know, she was grateful for that. We actually did it, and it wasn't easy. But uh, I started thinking, you know, it would have been nice if people understood what I was going through, why I was slow, how hard things were for me on that particular day. And then I thought, you know what? There's also a side of me that says, I'm glad they don't know. You know, I'd rather them not know. I enjoy this kind of personal battle with Parkinson's every day. It's like my own little competition in my mind. They don't know what I've accomplished and they don't, they don't need to know, but it makes me feel good about myself when I do it. Even when I fail and I still feel good about myself and figure out a better way to do it next time. 
but it's kind of like that self self esteem from that kind of a thing and these these personal battles and um, I'm not saying we don't need understanding because that helps a, a lot but when we don't get it which is probably more often the case people they're just not gonna we barely understand this disease how's anyone else gonna understand this you know that we can still soldier on and, and find ways to use that for us and and take on this I looked I've looked at Parkinson's I've been so fortunate to look at it as this a little competition I have every day I'm fortunate enough to have a competition every day. I've always wanted to be in a baseball season, 162 games. Well, now I got 365 day season, you know, every day. Sometimes it wins, sometimes I win, but it's just like figuring out ways to be creative and cope with this. It's hard, but it's something that can, fortunately it's helped drive me. The second example, I've been, again, so fortunate to have two mentors with me. Neither one has Parkinson's, both in the sports world. And one of them texted, traded text with morning and he coaches major league baseball players. And we were talking about one of his guys who is not doing well right now. He got down to the minors. And I said, what do you think is happening with this guy? And he said, well, he's got real messed up on mechanics, his swing, and then kind of got into his head. And now it's kind of snowballed out of control. And uh, it's just so uh, an- analogous to, to not only Parkinson's, but, you know, everything we do is can we can we control our mechanics? And then after that is like we get in these habits, you know, we get and we get bad habits. And can we keep our habits good, our good habits, and then keep our mind feeling good about those habits and about what we're doing and not get too too lost in what other people are thinking. Failure, you know, failure just beats us all beats us all up. But understanding what failure is and it's just something to learn from. I don't even like the word failure. It's just like part of the process of getting to where you want to be. Motivation would like to thank our Brain Blast team sponsors. Label Daddy of Las Vegas, Nevada. Visit labeldaddy.com to get labels for all your needs. High quality labels that will withstand the dishwasher, the washer and dryer, and anything your kids can throw at them. Label up at labeldaddy.com. The Kurt Gibson Foundation. Visit kurtgibsonfoundation.org. Together, we can achieve more. And so obviously I'm not telling this full story to to give it its justice, but also in the mornings, usually now in the mornings I go out, I can't do as much exercise anymore because I can't go to the extent I used to go. I need to stay closer to home, but I like to go out my front yard, hit some tennis balls with a bat and just kind of, it's kind of like a, a moving meditation and, you know, make sure my mechanics are right, that I feel good about what I'm doing. I always come inside just like I've, like I've meditated and then go on with my life. And I'll say this about my, my friend, I said, as my mentor, people ask, you know, you're, you're calm and have a, seem so grounded. It's like, you must meditate. And he says, no, my life is a meditation. And he really means that. And so that's how I always try to look at things since, since I heard him say that it's like, you know, meditation is good, but if you can make your life that meditation, that's the ultimate. So Mike, uh, Mike Q, is it Mike uh, Coaglia? Are you like the clotting factor of our group when we're bleeding out? How do, how do we pronounce your name, buddy? Just to get that. Coaglia, silent G. Koalia, Koalia, Mike Koalia. So you guys both have a, a ton in common, but we've 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 got some questions coming in. I want to turn it over to Ned, let him tackle some of those. Yeah, um, this is actually a question from Andrea or Andrea. Sorry, um, Gavin, I'll, I'll I'll start with you, and then maybe Jim, if you have anything to add. Gavin, everything you said is very positive. You have a great outlook on life. Did you ever go through difficult periods or, you know, were you always this positive uh, from day one of uh, of your diagnosis? Yeah, um, you don't get, you know, it's part of the journey. And so you don't get to the place I feel like I'm 
which is, you know, healthy kind of grounded outlook. And, and I don't, I don't have, I feel like I don't try to wake up positive. I just wake up, I wake up feeling the way I feel. And that's, you know, that's from being through, um, crawling through tons of shit along the way. So, oh yeah. I mean, let me, let me stop you right there, Gavin, give our listeners a little bit of perspective. So I spent a week with Gavin down in Oaxaca, Mexico, and we were roommates down there. So when he's talking about crawling through, he's literally talking about crawling through. This man is literally talking about hands and knees on the floor crawling because he cannot move. I know for our YouTube watchers, you're going to see a good looking dude looks as healthy as can be. He's holding the baseball back and probably run the bases like crazy. But Gavin, that's not always the story, is it? Right, right. It's completely the other side of me. Um, I wouldn't have one without the other. The other side is when the meds are wearing off, um, you know, I've pretty much lost the ability to, I can still move, but it becomes very difficult. I can still think, but I'm, you know, kind of in a very foggy brain. It's just a real hard off period, even with DBS. So there's definitely like an extreme of two sides, but the other side doesn't bother me anymore. It's just part of part of getting to where I want to be. And, uh, were you yeah, I mean, like that though, back to Andrea's question, were, were you always like that Gavin, or was there a development phase where you learned to be that way? I realize now I'm kind of a freak and <laughs> just going through what, you know, for 15 years, going through some of this and, and other things in life, when you go through stuff and trying to raise a family and trying to run, a, um, you know, trying to be a good professional and bring home income and try to uh, maintain a house and social life and friends and and all these things that a person tries to do when you're diagnosed at 38. Of course, it's frustrating when you, you can't do those things. And you see them slipping away. And no, I mean, I could I could tell you those things, you know, that's probably not what you're here. But yes, there's a lot of doubt and feel like I was a failure and frustration with things I couldn't do. But for the most part, like I've, I've been fortunate enough to have such strong support and good, like like uh, Jim said, upbringing. I'm white. I'm male. I've been mean, given so much, so many tools to work with that so many other people don't have those tools. And so that's like that's always driven me is like, how can I get tools to the people who who really need these tools and um, share what I've been blessed to to stumble into, fall ass backwards into. You know, that's like, how can I see that other people have a little bit easier time with their Parkinson's if possible. Yeah, maybe to follow on uh, with that, Gavin, quickly. So I, I think I hear you saying you, you kind of found a way to get through this on your own. You didn't have a process or somebody else to not, aside from family, you, you didn't use a therapist. You didn't necessarily read a book that gave you the answer. It was uh, just hard slogging. Is that a, a fair? Uh, all right, let me back up. I mean, say that point at all. It was not on my own, not on my own at all. It's people in my life. I didn't go to a therapist per se where you pay the money. <laughs> Believe me, I had people in my life that are for a therapist. I just didn't yeah. pay them. Uh, I, I have linked on other people. There's been a period in our lives, Gavin, where uh, you and I have been each other's therapists, wouldn't you say? Oh, of course, of course. And like it's uh, even when I give to other people, that's still therapy for me. So it's it's constant. It's ongoing. You know, but I would highly recommend a therapist if you don't have someone like that in your life. No shame at all in any of that. Um, but the last thing I want to convey is is that if I've done this in any way myself. I like to think of myself as very kind of self-sufficient now. I mean, maybe I'm more so now, but like even now, come on, you know, without these strong meds, well, you know, I, I can go on endlessly without all the things in my life. I, <laughs> I, I, I have a much, much harder time 
um, getting myself going every day. But no, I, well, I think we're all sitting here just very, very blessed. That's that's the lesson. Absolutely. And, you know, I think a big part of this conversation that we're having is never knowing when those blessings can be, you know, taken away from us. And and how to stay positive through that is a, a huge lesson that I think Jim can really convey to us. And I know that, Jim, you spoke about Howard and Kabbalah and how that's large in your life. But what could you give to people who, you know, don't really like to take that religious or faith-based route? What what can we instill in them to get them through, I like to call it the refiner's fire, those times when the universe or God, whoever it is, is, is trying you, testing you, you know, making you a little bit stronger, like, like putting metal into a fire. What can you give as a tool to help other people make it through that refiner's fire? Well, another thing I like to say is there's always a reason to give up or quit. There's always an excuse. It's just a matter of how lame it is. So you want to take the easy way out? You know, that's, a, that's not me. That's the, but you that's, know, that's about I, what? That's 75% of the people out there want to take the easy way out. This group that we've got here is uh, what we call outliers. We're not the norm. I'm sorry, listeners. I don't mean to offend anybody, but. Most of you guys out there aren't doing that much, and th that's what we're trying Don't to do. Don't go You reach out. You reach out to your community. You reach out to your friends. Reach out to me. God damn it! Put my number up there: seven seven three three eight three five zero three five. I've called Mike Qualia late at night. He's helped me through some dark times, but you know I like to turn on the Jim Valvano SB Award speech. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. You can break life down into three simple things. Jim Valvano says you can laugh, you can think, and you can cry every day. Try and laugh. Try and make somebody laugh every day. Find some humor in life. Make fun of yourself. Spend some of your some of your day in deep thought. Think about something that really means it's, it's very special to you that you value. And also have your emotions move to tears, which I think I just did. But I had a million reasons to give up, probably a million and one, and I didn't. So if I can do it, they can do it. Don't let Parkinson's isolate your isolate you. That's what that's how it gets you. You talk yourself into a corner. Not only did I lose my wife to cancer, I probably lost my best friend last year that went to Switzerland and took his own life because he couldn't deal with it anymore. That's not the way to go. You reach out to your friends, you get involved in a rock steady program, you get involved in a ping pong program, you get involved in some sort of support group. It is, there's no shame. I, I saw every freaking therapist under the sun. You know, my own wife told me that, uh, that I need to help cognitively, which really, really hurt. But I had three gyms that all struggled through COVID. I had commercial real estate. Then I had to go through almost a half million dollars worth of legal fees to fight what was right and get what was right. So there's always a reason to give up. Don't do it. Don't take the easy way out. Keep fighting. That's the message. So, Jim, and, I don't mean to cut you off, but you, you touched on something that I've got here in my notes that I wanted to talk to both of you guys about. And it's specific to the men out there who are listening. Of course, women are going to take a lot from the conversation we're having, too. But the two of you have something, I think, probably really important to say to our men out there who are diagnosed with Parkinson's and feel the weight of that diminished manhood that it instantly puts on you. When you get a disease, any type of condition 
that diminishes your ability as a man that can be an extra struggle that on top of it when when it takes you out of that role like jim you 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 were a, a bodybuilder you're, you're you like to work out and then it diminishes your ability to do that now we know that you have to continue doing that but i, I want to throw it to you guys how did you change your own view of what manhood is and how did that help you to get through that disorienting dilemma as we like to say of diminished manhood gavin i want to go to you first well that's a great question and an excellent point because i think probably women have a tougher i mean if you're going to generalize i'd say women have a tougher uphill climb than men with this disease spouses and family have the worst time probably but the uh, males you know have these unique problems of feeling feeling less competent less uh, less masculine and um um, less useful. And, you know, I certainly felt that. And it's like Jim said, when your wife tells you something that particularly hurts. Well, my wife never told me anything, but it just, I saw it happen. Like I, my role became diminished, you know, I, showed me, I didn't feel like um, I was looked at as competent, as competently. And I probably wasn't, you know, when you can't bring home the money just to bring home, when you don't command the same respect, your and your voice is not as strong as it was energy is lower and all these things we all know these things so how do how did i deal with it i don't know uh just uh, over time like if it, there's no there's very few magic words or silver bullets it's just you figure things out and you you do the best you like you, you you find ways i like to call it being a weed you know don't be a pretty flower everyone wants to be a pretty flower i used to want to be the pretty flower but they need care and water and maintenance. Everybody likes to look at them. But you know what survives is weeds. They don't need much, and you can't you can't kill them. It just keeps coming back. That's that's the, that mentality of to me. That's manhood. You know, is is getting beat up but coming back, coming back, and not 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 trying to fulfill some bullshit image of who we are, but be be who we are and and, and show the way we feel, and you know, not be afraid of that, not be ashamed of that. Just like being who you are is, I think, the ultimate man. I think that's probably that's probably the answer is is changing changing what we think of as these in these roles. And um, you know, I, I think it's terrible what women get put through to be they have to feel like they they have to be all these certain things to to feel like they have self esteem. And um, Parkinson's really makes that worse. And you know, the worst, like I said, the worst thing is is, is on the families having to go through this. So four people in the house, I feel like I have less to deal with than the other three people in my house. And so. I was going to touch on something else Jim said, so kind of touched on that. But, you know, a lot of we, we, we bullshit ourselves so much with who we are and who we're trying to be. And we live this life. That's what Parkinson's has done for me. It's kind of opened my eyes up to that fact of I'm not this guy that I, that I portrayed the image of. The, the real me is, is me with weaknesses and vulnerabilities. And I was going to mention this, like Russ, hopefully Russ Parker's still out there, hadn't seen him. But, you know, you know, to wrestle with these things like what's going to help someone what can i tell them what can i show them what can i give them what tool and when you're at a certain point like nothing will work you can't tell me anything but if i don't believe it or if i don't feel it like it's not going to do much but a guy like russ a person like russ with that kind of personality it just brings light to people he is who he is and just you feel good being around people like that and i was blessed to have people like that in my life and russ is that kind of person just like man he's just going to be russ he's his own person and then try to be anything and just being around people like that is that's what helps so many people is to be in that kind of presence and 
glean that kind of energy from people. And that's, that's invaluable. So Russ, Russ says he'd rather, he'd rather be a, a weed than a fungus, right, Russ? Yeah, that was my comment on your weed comment in the chat. Uh, yeah, well, I feel, I mean, I feel that I, I get my energy from other people too. I wouldn't probably be the way I am if I wasn't fortunate to have so many great people around me. It's all, it's all, it's all like one big flow, bounces back and forth. And so that's and I actually- felt that with you and I, Gavin, when I was there with visiting you uh, after Oaxaca, when we hit baseballs, I felt like a connection between the two of us because when, uh, I hadn't picked up a baseball bat in like 30, 40 years, but I just felt like your, you know, your ability on that, you know, on that particular skill, hitting balls or whatever, just kind of like radiated over to me. It was reinvigorating, right? That's what we get from the rest of this group is what Darby was uh, putting in the chat there. We meet early in the morning to get that feeling from each other. And we do every time we get together. Some of these people on the Pacific side of the country are getting up, you know, sometimes six o'clock in the morning just to be a part of our group. And they do it week in and week out because we get that exact feeling that Russ is saying. We get reinvigorated by each other. And it doesn't matter if it's hitting a baseball. It doesn't matter if it's making up a story that we're using with motivation foundation any of that stuff it's it's just getting together with other people and socializing and being a part of a community and that draws that reinvigoration out i know kim you were trying to get in there with a question yeah it just led me to a question and a thought that many of us when we're diagnosed i think feel very alone even if we're surrounded by family and friends all of a sudden we have this thing that we don't understand. And as Gavin said, if we can't understand it, how can we expect them to understand it? Even though I know myself, I desperately wanted everyone to understand exactly what I was going through. I had to kind of get past that and be okay with them as well as myself not understanding everything. But with the number of people that we talked about just giving up, I'm not even so sure it's giving up as much as not knowing where to go, not knowing how to respond to that all of a sudden disconnect where you feel like you're different and the relationships change because of this disease. I feel so fortunate that I found this group that we're talking with today, but I was wondering, Jim and Gavin, uh, if you could talk at all about how you got connected with uh, whether it's new people or people that were already in your life and built that support system and maybe any recommendations for people out there who really don't know where to go, how to, how to start that process. I started out by getting involved in Rock City Boxing, which I thought was going to be my ticket to salvation. Through that, I met Mike Qualia. Now, I knew I was going to need a lot of care eventually. I didn't want to burden my spouse or my family with all that care. And it was always my thought is if we could spread that care around to five, 10, even 20 people, it all becomes manageable. And what better way to do that? You know, I'm already in the health club business. I could, you know, shift gears a little bit and have my focus of, of, of my club be maybe more Parkinson-centric, helping people with Parkinson's and all the needs they have. And so I met Mike. Mike eventually started doing this radio show. Through that, I met Bill Bucklew, and then I met Ned Newhouse, and I met all these wonderful people. I met Darby. I went on a trip when Bill traversed, traversed across the southern portion of the United States and just keep grinding. You know, one thing you can count on in this world is it's going to change. Nothing ever stays the same, and the challenges are going to become different, and you can change with it or you can get left behind. Never stop learning. I learn something new every day, every year. 
And we, we all learned quite a bit from you as well, Jim. I think that's a great place to wrap it up. We've got one last question from the uh, from the group, and then we're going to open it up to uh, our town hall setting for about 15 minutes or so. Ned, why don't you tackle that last question, and then we'll wrap up the conversation and see uh, who else has some questions out there for these two. Sure. It's around the idea of altruism and, and, and kind of giving to, to others. Can each of you maybe talk to how helping others you found has helped you with your own PD symptoms and, and managing your progression? Maybe we'll start with Gavin. Um, it's everything. I mean, I don't want to say it's everything. Yeah, I did say it's everything. It's almost everything. It's, you know, spirituality probably is everything, but they go hand in hand. You know, it's, it's, Anything I'm able to accomplish or any suffering I'm able to stay out of or anything I'm able to do is of no value unless somehow I can pass that on to somebody else and keep that, you know, keep it, keep it flowing because it, it all comes back. And so we're all part of a system. None of us in isolation. And no matter what you do, no matter what you accomplish in the world, it, it's never fulfilling unless somehow it connects you with other people. And it's, it, it's one and the same. It's like you're, you're, there's no success to be had unless unless you're building as this connectivity's community and it's relationships that give us satisfaction. It's not anything else, really. You know, ultimately, it's not anything else. And then you know, you can go deeper in that and say it's beyond relationships. But let's say for this conversation, it's relationships, it's people, it's it's our connections with with the world and what we can, you know, what, what can we leave behind? Because, you know, we all came here, I think for purposes or have, we need a purpose and have meaning and, you know, talking about what inspired us or what got us off the couch. And I was freakishly blessed to have the adaptive training foundation located in the town I live in. This is like one of a kind around the world. It's, it's, it is this place. It is rock steady boxing, so to speak. Tell us, little, tell us a little bit more about that. That's David Vabora's program, correct? Yeah, it's, it's uh he's a former NFL football player, got out of football, opened up a gym for elite athletes. It wasn't it was nice, but like then he met a um a wounded warrior at quad uh, quadruple amputee. Quad, can you imagine that? Quadruple amputee, started training him, realized this is this is everything he was looking for in life. He's kind of kind of like us. He can he gets into something and he he just can't control himself. So he opened up a gym. For all wounded, you know, any wounded warrior, um, started training him, and that became uh, various conditions, civilians, and all car accidents and neurological stuff, and um, stuff you're born with, and stuff that's come along later in life. Did everything to any anything to everything. He's been a great mentor of mine, and he's just a beacon of light. And having that gym and being around those people, like these are people that I can't even begin to describe them, what they've gone through, and then how they come out and. Being in that gym is just a, it's almost it's a spiritual place for me. It's, and I like to think no matter where I am or where I go, what I do, I like to look, take it in a spiritual aspect. And so I know this is not talking about Parkinson's, but like, you know, we talk a lot about how, how can we stop the progression of Parkinson's? And the, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But I know I can, there's infinite things I can do to progress me. And, you know, beyond that, okay. What can I do to progress other people? It's just it's infinite. It's infinite. Very limited how we can stop the progression of Parkinson's, if at all. But infinite, unlimited how we can progress ourselves and, and the world around us. So I, I think uh, each one of us is probably blessed to have that David Vabora figure within our lives. For me, it's Darby Schlosser and motivation. She was that person in my life and motivation was that foundation. Like uh, the, uh, you said, it was the advanced 
Adaptive Training Foundation. Can you say that again? Adaptive Training Foundation, ATF.org probably. ATF.org, got you. You know, motivation was that for me. And I think, Jim, back to the altruism question, you have a unique opportunity being a gym owner yourself. How how does giving back to your local community affect your own uh, symptoms? How, how does it make you feel? Does it, does it help? Well, since I started sending Kabbalah, one of the main kind of cornerstones of that is just to live your life in, from the simple aspect of always come from a giving place. To join the community you're listening to, visit motivationfoundation.org. Again, motivationfoundation.org. Build the life of movement with our peer-based community. Come join us. I'm going to tell a little story about this trip I went on in 2021. My friends Bill Buck, Luke Kevin Murray, and John McPhee, and we walked across Scotland and England to raise money and awareness for PD. So very last day of our walk, we stopped for lunch, Bill and I, and I think it was uh, some reps from uh, the, the, the Fox Foundation, Liz Deemer. So we we get to this, I remember the place, is run by some guy from Cyprus, Salt Beef King, stopped for lunch, and he found out what we we're doing, and he's like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. He's like, I want to give you money and I want to comp you lunch. Did Did you guys maintain the uh, stop at every barbecue along the way, like Bill did when uh, he was walking across the There US? was a whole lot of barbecue in, in, in England and Scotland. <laughs> Believe me, if yeah, if we're lucky enough to find one, we, we, we stop. But anyway, you know, this guy made a nice, dipped into the till, made a nice donation to, uh, to the cause and, and, and gave us all free lunch. And, you know, I... I thanked him up and down, and then he thanked me for accepting the gift. And right then I had this epiphany at, you know, the whole concept of, of, of pay it forward. That requires somebody both willing to give and somebody willing to receive. And think of how, you know, when you, when you do something nice for somebody, think of how good that makes you feel. And that whole pay it forward concept, Think of how fragile that is. If if one person just said, no, I don't have the money or I don't have the time to pay it forward to the next guy behind me. So life can get out of whack and out of balance pretty darn quick if you just don't focus on coming from a giving place. I think that Gavin actually resonates with that quite a bit more than um, probably most of us here within this group. He's, he's shared a lot of things on YouTube. Um, Gavin, you can let us know how to go and find those videos. But he, he has a, a unique ability to escape his symptoms through the act of giving. Gavin, can you speak on that a little bit and tell us about your experience? Yeah, thanks, Nate. It, it goes back to Adaptive Training Foundation. One day I was going in to work out the gym several years ago. Parkinson's symptoms were acting up. I was not completely debilitated, but struggling to walk. The founder, David Vabor, is coming out of the gym, sees me, and like he always does with all his members, gives a big, strong bear hug, you know, very genuine, and he lets me go, and Parkinson's was gone. It was gone um, completely for two minutes. So I'm running around just like a peacock and strutting, and like Parkinson's gone. It comes back after two minutes, but so that I started my quest of um, what I've been semi-obsessed with for a couple of several years is how'd this happen? What, what can I do to... To continue it to how can i expand it explore it and understand it and so you know just figure out different ways to use emotion to use 
conditioning to you uh, giving, as you said, like any of these feelings that carry strong emotions, uh, how can they change, change our Parkinson's, change the way we move, change the way, change everything about us. It's really been eye-opening. It's been, uh, and that's one thing that also too, I look at Parkinson's is just a great experiment. And what I've learned from that is just nonstop, just about myself, about fear, about the mind, about the brain and what we can do with Parkinson's. I, you know, is this worthy of, of anything? Is this is there anything meaningful here? Yeah, I don't think so yet. It's nice, a nice party trick and it can make Parkinson's go away for a little while and move sometimes when I want, when uh, otherwise not able to. But maybe, I think it's maybe we're scratching the surface of something. But at any rate, it's like, it's very, shows how interesting this disease is. And just to tell, get back to the giving, I I find that like the giving is so fulfilling to me that by giving, I've got put myself in these situations of not being able to move well and part you know, medication wearing off. And I give some, something to someone and I can move again. It's, it's, it inspires a feeling inside me to create this connection with the person. I shake their hand, I give them a hug, give them a high five or whatever, daps. And like that blows Parkinson's up for a couple minutes. It's like, it's, inc- it's just crazy, these feelings inside of us, usually subconsciously that they're created from things like giving and these connections and hugs and the, 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 what, the energy we get from people, the alchemy, you're talking about the, how we're all together and getting something bigger, bigger from the community that we can get ourselves. The alchemy that's generated is uh, that's what science can't measure. And that's where we can go beyond science, I think. Yeah, I think that was probably uh, what Jim you you talked about more than anything was the ability to adapt, the ability to transform yourself to uh, to the situation at hand. Right? You want to finish this up with some thoughts, Jim? Well, you know the world's going to change. It's something they always taught us in business school. Is is the only thing that's certain is change is going to come. So be ready for change, adapt to it. And you look at all the big companies in the world that you, know, you thought were going to be around forever, all the big companies, IBM, and you know, Walmart's kind of struggling now. But, you know, you fast Sears, Kmart doesn't exist anymore, basically. You know, stuff's going to change. You got to change with it. You always got to keep learning and you got to adapt. Let's let's leave it there. And uh, I want to open it up. So if you have any questions, guys, uh, within our town hall, go ahead and unmute it this time. And let's throw them at them. Gavin, uh, Jim, if you guys don't mind hanging around for just a few more minutes. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's see what we got. Anybody and everybody within the group, please feel free, unmute and free fire these questions off at our two guests. The Motivation Station. Gavin, you know, I, I follow you a lot on Twitter and I feel like just your tweets are so powerful. I think you really harness that ability to find that reward that you get emotionally for yourself by giving back that allows you to produce a reflection of movement that is more optimal, like hacking the system. And I think it's so powerful. And I, I find, I find myself bringing your up oftentimes in conversations when I'm working with other people. And I'm like, there's this guy, Gavin, and, and he's found a way to hack his, hack the system with his own emotional, you know, impact that you have for yourself. And I think it's something I would love to talk with you more about, because I think you're definitely onto something. Well, thanks a lot for saying that. Um, it is probably, it is a, a hack and I don't want it to be a hack though, but the, the goal is to make it my life. And that's how, you know, I think this improves Parkinson's and makes it better. It's like, how can I not just be this way? 
a temporary period of time and change my Parkinson's? How can I always be this way? And that's, that's like this quest that I'm on right now is how do I be this giving person and feel this way 24 seven? Maybe that's impossible. I don't know, but there's only one way to find out. And that's like to be this way now and to be this way the next moment, next moment, next moment. And maybe you connect these things and maybe that's what you become. I don't know, but thank you for um, sharing it with other people. And, and that's, that's the goal is like, let other people try to find out what they, you know, if I give them a little information, they take it and run with it and they, they, they expand it and then they pass that along. And like, that's how, that's how things, that's how I hate to, hate to be too pie in the sky, but you know, that's how the world has changed a little right here, right now, this moment, us doing this, passing it on, passing it on, spreading. And I guess, I mean, I don't know how the world has changed, but that makes reasonable sense to me. Yeah. I just wanted to make a comment on the whole positivity thing and that, um, like Gavin, you you know, you're saying there's no the scientific world doesn't look into this and so forth. And, but I think the proof is out there. If you look at a lot of these interviews, there's also a survey. Uh, a lot of you have heard of Dr. Lori Mishley. She has this pro PD scoring, and a lot of questions are asked on habits and that kind of thing. And and from that survey, for instance, uh, you know, you'll find a common thread. The people who scored well, you, you know, uh, this is aligned with how they scored as far as movement. People who scored well, you know, as far as dealing with Parkinson's symptoms, are also people who have positive attitudes, who who socialize, and things things like that. So there is some kind of you know some proof out there, but also just like anecdotal, just by seeing any of these interviews, you know, usually interviewers pick the people who are most interesting, the high performing people, the people who rose above, and they all seem to have this positivity thing. And I just wanted us, I just wanted to make that statement. For all the people watching this interview who might be, you know, thinking, oh, well, that's a bunch of hogwash, you know, it's, it's not, I'm just going to take the pills and that's all I need to do. I don't need to exercise. I don't need to try to work on my my approach, you know, and, and attitude and all that. That's not it's how we, more of a we statement don't, than a question, but we don't we don't pick people that way, Russ. We we couldn't get anybody else to do the uh, interview. So we ended up with <laughs> Jim and Gavin. I'm glad you brought that up, Russ. <clears throat> Excuse me, voice issues. Glad you brought that up, Russ. I was actually just waiting to chime in the same thing about Dr. Mishley's survey results and the fact that even though many of us know that exercise is one of the only ways to slow progression, what ha- what she's demonstrated through her survey results of thousands of people, by the way, it's that's it, it, been going on for over seven years now, is that people who exercise and eat well, if they don't have social connections, if they feel isolated, they don't do as well as others. So it's it's just as critical as the exercise and nutrition component. And I want to throw in there, if anybody out there listening is lacking a social construct, is lacking a community, we are welcoming you with open arms at Motivation Foundation. You can go to motivationfoundation.org and scroll through Darby's awesome website that she's put together there. And if you have any questions, just contact us. We'll we'll be happy to answer any questions you've got. And there is a community here waiting for you. And there's multiple other great communities out there. Um, the, the PMD Alliance is another good one that's uh, going to be promoting this um, conversation for us and spreading it out there for their community to listen to. So that's another one that you can go to. Um, Mike um, Q, he's a, a representative of the YOPN network. Um, folks, there's plenty of avenues for community virtually and then um, we, we've got all of these local communities that a lot of people don't take advantage of. I know within our group, multiple people are involved here virtually, but they've also got their local community groups that they're involved with. So 
Um, I think that's kind of a going theme of this entire conversation is community is huge. And Darby, I kind of wanted to ask you a question based on your, um, your, I don't want to say research, based on what you have experienced so far since beginning motivation, um, how have you seen community impact your clients? Great question, Nate. So, you know, it's all about connectivism and it's about having something that's manageable, that's quality based, because we want people to leave our meetings, leave our sessions invigorated with an action plan, because that's where we can make these system level changes. We have a, a quality based group and then each person is going out and they're projecting into their community what they've learned, what, what they're inspired to do, what their passions are. And I think we could probably write a case study of every person in this group and talk about the impact that you've made in your community based off of the, the powerful community that we've built right here. So it's really about, you know, making these little explosions all over the world, the positivity of community. And I think that, you know, Corinne Snow is a perfect example. We're trying to build community in her small town of Gander, Newfoundland. They're not as receptive to being a part of our community, but she is, and she's a powerhouse within that community. So hopefully by bringing that one person, that, that light in the community, into our community that we can inspire them to then finally get that reach within their more rural areas. So folks, if you would like to be that light, if you see yourself as somebody who's struggling to make an impact within your community, but you have the desire, well, we have a good platform for you to come and join us and uh, expand your presence within your own Parkinson's community. We don't want to change what you're doing. We want to augment what you're doing and give you a little bit of help and direction. And we have an awesome group of folks here to help you do that. So visit motivationfoundation.org. But the sense of community is so important at some point, we all felt this sense of community with our tribe. Now that we've kind of lost that tribe mentality or this sense of place within the community, it's hard and people are lost and people are isolated. And there's, it's getting worse. I love this mentality of bringing tribe back together, bringing community back together, place for every single person. And, you know, that means giving stuff up ourselves and it's worth it, man. <laughs> I like to call those uh, those lost people, as you described them, fencers. And, you know, in fencing, what do you do? You, you poke people. And that's my goal in, in these uh, podcasts. And that's my goal um, in general is to just keep poking people that are that are fencers, you know, and keep pushing them to to do these things that we're doing. I know, Mike Q, you had a question. I had a question, Joe. <clears throat> All right, both Jim and Gavin, you guys have become so, such good friends over the years. I don't know where I'd be without you guys. Thank you. I want to let you guys know that my voice is now. I wouldn't be here, Mike. You, you, you. In my mind, you're the godfather of everything for me. You're my initial connections in the Parkinson's community. You connected me with Darby. You connected me with Bill Bucklew. You connected me with everybody else. It's so meaningful. You never know who you're going to inspire. I mean... I listened to Jimmy Choi's story and he was on a freaking plane and he read something about some run or, you know, he started running around the block and, and, and look at how many people he's reached now. I mean, you're in control of your own destiny, but don't be afraid to reach out to others because you can't do it all yourself. And there's no shame and there's, there's, there's no embarrassment that should be felt by saying, Hey, I need a little bit of help. I've reached out to Mike a number of times and he's always been there for me and and somehow you get through it you just got to have faith and you got to keep soldiering on and 
it'll work out. Yeah, we we're on this earth for only a finite number of days. Make the most of it. So, Jim, uh, you you and Gavin have never met, right? Never met. I've heard the name. I'm, I'm very happy I've met him. Yeah, I feel um, like got a kindred spirit now, and I absolutely. met Christopher Lyon uh, at, at at the Fox event in early April, and he mentioned some art show that he has in September, October. Hopefully, I get a chance to meet him at that, or maybe do a side trip to Dallas, which I think is Gavin. That's where you're from. That's where I live now. Yeah. I live, yeah. And about my kids. I only lasted a year in Texas. They called me Yankees, so I came back to uh, I came back to the Midwest. But Texas, good, 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 good people down there. Just a little bit different, but uh, a lot different. Yeah, good and bad, like everywhere. Mike Hughes is a rock man. He's a solid, great example. Just putting in today, putting in day, putting in a day's work, a day's work, a day's work, and did this switch to the result. Um, he's a podcaster without a without uh, oftentimes without a voice. What else can you say about the guy? That that's how nothing stops him. Puts puts in the work, man. Just keeps his nose down and grind, and and so always a, a stable, grounded force in the community. Just couldn't say enough great things. What a good friend he's been. And that's a you know that's a perspective you you've got to have on life is. How can I make things easier, not only for me, but for everybody else? And the answer to that is I can look at things in a more positive manner and I can take care of myself so other people won't have to take care of me as much. But there's always something you can do. I mean, do, do things you can control. Tell your spouse, or your caregiver that you appreciate them more, compliment them, say please, thank you. Just simple, just simple values that I'm sure everybody's parents taught them. Tell them that you love them. Tell them that you appreciate them. And there's there's meaning and, 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 and purpose everywhere. I'm sorry to cut you off, Gavin. Go ahead, please. I cut you off. I just saw my wife walk by, and it reminds me there's in a world where we have little control, there's two things we can control, attitude and effort. And that's what she shows every day. Two things. Give attitude, have the right attitude, and not, give, not have attitude. Again, give, give effort the right attitude that's what we can control that's what we can do visit motivationfoundation.org again motivationfoundation.org I like that. And I think that we'll, we'll wrap up the entire conversation um, with one thing that I'd like to do last week, we kind of introduced you guys at the end of the conversation to Paul Clough. I kind of want to um, continue that theme and introduce you to another member of our group, Tatiana Wolf. Tatiana, put you on the spot here. If you don't mind, Tatiana, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. And um, if you guys uh, out there are listening and you hear this voice and you want to hear a little bit more about it, Maybe tune into our next episode. I think Tatiana might have a little bit of a larger voice in that show. So Tatiana, unmute yourself and tell the world about you. Hello, uh, I'm Tatiana. What can I tell you about me? I don't know. I've been dealing with symptoms for quite a long time. I just turned 36 years old. I probably had symptoms for over 12 years. But, you know, it is, I, I hear you guys talking about being positive and thinking positive, but it really is all about where we put our attention, where we put our attention to the bad things, to the negative things, to the positive things. So really, I put my attention to the positive things. And 
I'm always looking for the good thing. <laughs> in between all the bad things, whatever's going on, there's always a light. And I even looked it up. <laughs> there's always a light on the at wherever in the darkness. I think I'm here just to bring a smile and bring the good things, bring positivity into whoever is around me and wherever I am at. And that is a perfect wrap up to our conversation. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in to the Motivation Station. Come on back next week. We will have two new awesome guests and all of our awesome hosts here. Thank you, Ned Newhouse. Thank you, Kim Rotundo. And a special thanks to Jim Crager and Gavin Mogan for joining us. Folks, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the Motivation Station. To learn more about the Motivation Foundation, go to motivationfoundation.org. Again, motivationfoundation.org. We thank you for tuning in to the Motivation Station. Come back again soon to hear another interesting story from our Parkinson's community.